Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown continues here on this Wednesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. We made it to number 12 last hour with Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray, who had a season good enough to become the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Our next edition, a guy who was the (laughs) comeback player of the year. There he is with his gloves, staying warm on the sidelines in South Bend. And there's Ryan Tannehill. No gloves in the picture for Tannehill, the comeback player of the year, although Shereen Williams would take issue with that. Shereen Williams' reaction to Ryan Tannehill being the comeback player of the year was, what is he coming back from? Stinking? So, uh, still, he's, he's, he, yeah, and, and uh, so, uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, the guy. And uh, look, the Dolphins gave him extra time to show that he could live up to the potential that made him a top 10 pick in 2012. And, of course, it would be the Dolphins' luck that when he leaves, he finally becomes the guy that they had hoped for him to be all the time, that they were just waiting and waiting. And in 2016, he was getting there. The injury screwed things up. But, Chris, we saw what Tannehill can be last year once he replaced Marcus Mariota. No doubt about it. You know, I think what we really got to see is finally uh, Ryan Tannehill in a place and a team, Mike, to the bigger point you're making here, that – could support him and accentuate the strengths and things he does awesome as a quarterback. You know, in Miami, listen, I undervalued him at times too. You know this. We've had discussions about this where even before last year, you know, I I thought he would supplant Marcus Mariota. But I thought even – I know we had conversations about, uh, you know, when you really look at the meat and potatoes of what Ryan Tannehill did in Miami, it was pretty damn good. I know it was in Tennessee, but there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, when you're playing in Miami, and most of us can sit here and go, who was an offensive player on Miami's football team with Ryan Tannehill? You know, most people I talked to, I had fun with this exercise yesterday. They can't come up with one other than Jarvis Landry, right? So crappy offensive line, no run game, no receivers to be scared at, a bunch of average defenses, and then he was a part of an offense that was a little bit dink and dunk, Mike. It was a little bit of the Peyton Manning Denver Broncos offense, 
where, okay, now if you play that offense, you know they're going to throw the ball short. Nobody scares us deep. We don't have to worry about a run game. They don't pass protect that well. All those things go, well, let me play tighter on the offense then and move up because we don't have as much to be scared about. And it leads to stats that you see there where they're good, but they're not eye-popping last like they were last year because last year he got to be in an offense, just to continue with this, is like a Peyton Manning Indianapolis Colts offense. Hey, run the ball, deep play actions, and really let it rip. And that's where Tannehill's special, Mike. I mean, he is a top fight, flight thrower of the football. He never loses control of it. He is pinpoint, whether it's 40 yards down the field or 10 yards down the field. But the big thing is down the field, he's arguably the best deep ball thrower in the game. If somebody's open for a 70-yard touchdown, he puts the ball on the screws and it's a 70-yard touchdown. He doesn't throw a pass that's 40 yards and then the receiver has to come back and catch it and then get tackled for a 40-yard gain and then we hope we score. So he capitalizes on every little thing that's out there. He's got very good arm. He's a really good athlete. And I think we're finally getting to see that in Tennessee with the right support system. And of course, a good offense that fits your skill set is important for any quarterback to succeed. All right, let's take a look at those throws that he made down the field to prove that he does indeed have that big-time arm, Chris. And, uh, you know, he, he proved himself not long after he got onto the field with his ability to really let it fly. He really does. And, and again, yeah, you got A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, but I don't think the rest of the cast of characters there, you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, we're shaking in our boots. The Tennessee Titans wide receivers are coming to town. But look at that throw. That's the one thing we're going to continue to see here on every one of these. It's not just like good throw. No, outstanding throw into tight windows. Look at this. It's a 50-yard post corner route, Mike, right? Right on the money. I mean, it was double covered. Yeah, and it's amazing to see a guy that we had waited and waited and waited to finally be this guy. And my goodness, you know, it's it's and and that's the trepidation I have here. We're seeing these great plays from last year. Is yeah. it sustainable? Was it the aberration, right? When you have that body of work for so many years where he wasn't playing like this on a consistent basis. And now we see this. I mean, what a throw against the Chiefs. Yeah. And, and you know, they, they had the Chiefs on the ropes in the AFC Championship game early. They were up 10 points on two different occasions. When you, when you try to reconcile the one great year with 2012 through 2018, that's where I'm concerned. And when you go back to the, your, your guiding principle for making this list – I like what I'm seeing here. I love these great throws. I just have more faith in guys beneath him if I'm trying to save my butt as a head coach of a team because I don't know that it can be replicated. I, I understand that. I would argue with you and just go, what, one of my big points is I think it was every bit as good in Miami. He just wasn't given the opportunities or had the people around him or the offensive formula to really utilize and show what he can do. I think that's the big thing that jumps out to me. Again, you know, the offense he was running there was not really conducive to what he is. You know, I'll say this. He was almost running like a Drew Brees type offense. You know, you know, hey, get the ball out quick. Boom, boom. He can't get the ball out of his hands quickly like Drew Brees, nor is he quite as accurate as Brees is on those short throws. OK, so, yes, like Tannehill's going to hit him and make it happen, but maybe not happen as quickly as Breeze does. As we saw there in those clips, Tannehill has a little bit more of a deliberate motion. 
I wish he would work on the quickness of his release a little bit. He does need space and things like that, as we've seen. So now he's in that type of offense. And yeah, I think some of those throws be right there, though. I would go, hey, there's some of those in every game, Mike. It's not easy to play in a run-first type offense. And I would go, there's some quarterbacks below him that I could sit there and go, they're not going to make those throws. And a lot of the times, I don't think the offensive coordinator is going to call some of those plays because they're going, we're not going to waste this time with that because I don't think my quarterback can make those plays and throws either. So here's that's my a little concern. bit of, here's yeah, my, go ahead. Here, look, we, we've seen the great throws, uh, right, when the play that was designed goes as designed. Sure. Where does Tannehill fit? on this hierarchy of guys who can make chicken salad when the first play falls apart? And will there be enough scheming of the Titans offense in this offseason to allow defenses to get Tannehill past that point of the play that was called and force him to improvise? That's where I think things can get dicey for him this year, Chris. Two great questions, Mike. I mean, spot on. You're right. That is where it could get dicey. Because first off, you know, hey, Rick Smith, the offensive coordinator down there, right? You know, he's new. I'm not sitting there. Listen, I like his offense, but I don't sit there and go, oh, my gosh, he's getting people wide open all over the field. Come on. We just saw five throws there. The, the guy's covered. He just made great throws. There, there are a lot is going to be predicated on that run game, as we know. And, yes, that leads to some of those opportunities you're talking about. And, yeah, can they do that? Because, again, hopefully they add more to the offense. Like I said, I don't think they're reinventing the wheel down there. It's just a lot of basic core NFL football plays, but they beat you up at the line of scrimmage. And then Tannehill's ability to capitalize on all those big plays is really, really special. Now, the second part of your question, off schedule and things like that, you know, first off, he's great in the pocket as far as being fearless uh, he is a really good athlete, and I think, Mike, this is an area he can improve on. You know, there's enough out there to where he scrambles and he makes really good throws on the run, but I think he could run more and play that backyard-type football even a little bit more than what we see. But I think that's one thing that jumped out to me, Mike, is when I went back and watched him, there was more plays of, oh, he dropped back and play action pass. Nobody's open. The protection failed, and he kind of moved around and then reset up and made a big throw, and it might have not been as sexy and as cool as Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, but he did do it nonetheless, and I think it's there. But, I, but to your point, Mike, I wish he did it a little bit more, certainly. Let's put the graphic up as to where we are so far, because I want to make one point before we take a break and do our draft for Wednesday. There is the countdown through 11. There are 10 left. Chris... By implication, Cam Newton is in your top 10. That yes, but, is amazing yes, he to is. me. Yes, Cam he Newton is. in the top 10. A man without a country lands in the top 10 of the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. All right. Ryan Tannehill took a big leap last year. Our draft today, the leap candidates for 2020. We'll do that coming up here on Pro Football Talk Live. I knew, you know, the, the skill set was was through the roof, and but I thought he really developed as the season went on in some some big areas. You know, leadership qualities, the approach to the game. It's just such a grind for those guys being the face of the franchise at 22. But I thought he handled it well, matured, and um, we're hoping year two will take one of those big jumps like some of those guys, Mahomes and, and Jackson, have done uh, in their young careers. 
Cliff Kingsbury from the Scouting Combine. That's not a Nashville nightclub in the background. That's how the world used to actually look on a normal, regular basis. It is weird to see it now. All those people milling about. That was at the Scouting Combine right before the world turned upside down. Cliff Kingsbury saying that he believes, and I believe, Chris, and you believe Kyler Murray is going to take a leap this year, which is kind of scary when you think about it because he's already starting from a pretty high spot when he leaps. So today's draft, the players to make the biggest leaps this year can be any player, any level, any years of experience. Doesn't have to be a young guy. Can be an older guy. Last year, Ryan Tanner, we saw the leap he made. All right, Chris, you have a trivia question for me. What do you got? Okay, well, it's Kyler Murray related, right? Kyler Murray played baseball, as we all know, was drafted in the first round. Um, what position, Mike, did Kyler Murray center field. play at Oklahoma? Center field. Center field. And, sorry. Sorry, really? Slugger. Yep, it's left field. At least that's what Damn I'm being it. told. I don't know that, but that's just the answer they gave me. So, sorry there, Slugger. Um, oh, wait, according okay. to Wikipedia, which is excellent because anybody can put anything they want there anytime they want. So you always know you're getting the best information. I'm going to challenge that one. Center field. The fast guy always plays center field. What the hell's wrong with the Oklahoma baseball coach? Do you have somebody faster who was playing center field? Hey, Get hey, out of hey, here with just that Just host the TV Although show. You need you're the not big a arm. baseball coach, you need, okay? You need, the, right, you need the big arm. You need the big arm yeah. in left field. Yeah, there's, there's uh, not going to be baseball this year. What else am I going to not watch on TV? All right, go ahead. Baseball reference also had him at left field, so Wikipedia okay, and baseball reference. I'd okay. put him at center field. I'd put him in center I, field. I'd let him play I all three you. outfield positions at the I same time. Go and ahead. Right field's the, the right field's the one you want with the big arm, just to clarify that. Um, I thought it was but, left field. Yeah, no, I know. Right well, field, you're, right you're field. a baseball hey, coach, listen, and apparently you let don't me say know, something. So. <laughs> let me say something. Right yeah. field is where you get put in little league where you're not when you're not any good, which is the position well, yes. I played in little league. Go ahead. <laughs> Shocker. All right. <laughs> I mean, I gotta take Kyler Murray with the first pick. I do. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know what's an elite consist of? I don't know. Kyler Murray threw what 20, 20 something touchdown passes last year. How many interceptions? I should have probably looked that up, but I don't really care because I'm looking for big time leap this year out of him. Where I just think one. It's going to be one of the most explosive offenses in football. Cliff Kingsbury proved to me that he is capable of adapting to the NFL, coming up with new ideas. That was really encouraging to me. I think he's really smart. He's got guts, which I think will lead to there being a better offense. But let alone, hey, Kenyon Drake there, he only got there halfway through the year last year. And, of course, DeAndre Hopkins being there, I think, is, I think Kyler Murray, yeah, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions last year. I think could very easily be 36 touchdowns and eight or 10 interceptions this year. And in the discussion for maybe MVP, if the team is good enough, because you know the team has to be good, but certainly maybe in the discussion for offensive player of the year. I, I'm Look, I know we got to move through this draft. I've done a quick Google search, and I'm getting a lot of entries. Kyler Murray, center field. Kyler Murray, play <laughs> center field. Adjusting to center field. So this is a bunch of crap. Matt you better Casey's talk the to baseball your producer. Guy. You better, you gotta, talk you better to him. know. You better know what position. Kyle, screw baseball reference. Kyler Murray played center field. All right, that's fine. Because look, he's already starting at a high spot. It's going to be harder for him to make a leap. Give me Drew Locke. Drew Locke. How do you not make Drew Locke the first pick? He's a guy who played only five Because you would have drafted Kyler Murray first if I didn't draft yes, him. So I that's why. Yes, I know. You're I such a lawyer, and now you're going right. to crap on it. You're a jerk. <laughs>
but but Drew Locke has a lot more room yes. to leak. Yes. Right. Right. And we expect him to be great. And and he in a limited slice. We got a glimpse of what he can be and Broncos fans who have suffered through three straight losing seasons. That's about to change with Drew Locke. So good for the Broncos to see the talent, to look past the fact that Missouri wasn't very good his last year there. That's not on him. The Broncos are, are they still got to deal with the Chiefs, but they're in good hands with Drew Locke. That's my pick. No, they definitely are. I think it's a great pick by you. I think if, if I was to pick second and maybe you got that trivia question right, I probably would have gone there too. Um, all right. I don't know. You know what? I, I'm going to go off the rails here a little bit. All right. And <laughs> that's a know, shock. Might, yeah, shocker. I'm going with Miles Garrett. All right. And I say that because we know how the year ended for him last year. He still had 10 sacks. I get that. Uh, but I just think between the circumstances of what happened and then, of course, the talent the player has and all of those things. And I think you're going to get an extra motivated, wanting to prove a lot of people wrong type of play out of Miles Garrett to where I'm saying defensive player of the year this year. I'm saying like 18, 19 sack type of season. That's what I'm expecting. I am. I just think he's really gifted, one of the most talented players in the league. And I think, you know, yeah, he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And also he was probably humbled by some of what went on too and, I just expect him to be a guy that comes back with, uh, you know, dominance. But but you said you said the same stuff last year. Defensive player of the year. Are you gonna are you gonna predict that he's defensive player of the year every year? And then when he doesn't get it, he's gonna be your candidate to make a big leap the next year and finally be defensive player of the year. Maybe, is that what's, is but it, you know, okay. I don't know. I didn't know he was gonna bash somebody with a helmet. So that took his stadium. That took his year away, and now that leaves him available to have a huge leap in the next year to have huge stats and be a big dominant force. And I think their team will be better. So go on, pick I gotta, your own pick. I, I got a, I got a miles of my own, although he spells it differently. It's miles M I L E S miles Sanders, the running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. He had 1300 yards from scrimmage last year. Quietly. I think he's on the, the brink of being that kind of special running back that the Eagles need in order to get their offense where it needs to go. Chris. Yeah, he is a good football player, no doubt. And I do think they need to ride the running back position more. So I could I could see a big year, him being more of a, yeah, bell cow type runner, more catches out of the backfield. He certainly has the skill set to do all those type of things. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, that's who I'm looking for a leap in 2020. Yeah, he was underwhelming last year, right? Stats weren't good. I think this year he comes back with Big Ben healthy and has a huge year. I do. You know, they've made some improvements on the offensive side of the ball. Some of those guys are older. I think they'll be able to take some pressure and heat off of them. They got an Eric Ebron in free agency. So I think with all of those things, it's going to lead to a huge year for Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he makes a giant leap from what he had in the 2019 season. See, I feel like the term leap implies that it's the first time the guy's ever made a leap. He's already had his leap. And then when they tried to make him a number one receiver, he couldn't stretch the field deep. He's not a number one receiver. They need someone to emerge as the number one guy to take the heat off of him because he's not going to beat double teams and he's not going to stretch the field. He's very good in his role when he can play his role. He's got to go back to being a number two. So a lot of ifs before you can get it back to the sweet spot where Juju Smith-Schuster needs to be. Sorry, I crapped on your pick. Last one for me, and I got a lot of different ones I can do. I want to go with Paris Campbell, the Colts receiver. Now that Phillip Rivers is there, 
and look, I'm taking a leap of faith that Phillip Rivers is going to be better than the guy that threw three interceptions in a pair of primetime games last year, which I can't get out of my head. But Campbell, a guy who didn't do much last year, who has that chance if the the big wall, the wall, they built the wall, as you would say, and the running game goes, the passing game goes, and Campbell should get some favorable matchups and Rivers should be able to get him the ball, Chris. Yeah, well, listen, I like that. You know, you're, you're right, you know. But, no, I didn't think a leap just had to be a guy who did nothing and go, you know, into superstardom, whatever it may be. But Paris Campbell has a chance to be a superstar. I truly do believe that. It's a special skill set. Yeah, he fought through injuries last year. So that's a good – I had him on my list. Honestly, I just thought the fact that he played so little last year and didn't really get on it, I didn't want to use his name in this. I thought there were some better options out there. So that's my one little – one little crap on you, okay? So, no, so let's look at the stupid. results of the draft. I'll do respect. I love you, Chris. But the, the whole idea of the leap is it's where you start and where you finish. The lower you Why? start, the you more could dramatic start the leap is going to be. You could down and then come back and make a leap back up. That's ridiculous. A leap is making who else did progress. You so who, 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 else, who else did you have? You oh, need to take I a leap. Odell Beckham Jr., big leap. Of course you okay. did. You also have Aaron Rodgers. Now, TJ Hawkinson would be one, the tight end for the Detroit Lions, who I think is going to be emerge as one of the best tight ends in football this year. I think that's a guy. I think Josh Jacobs is another guy I would look at to be – he could have 2,000 total yards at the end of this year too. Those would be two other guys uh, that, that were on my list. I had another Raider, Jonathan Abram. He missed a lot of time last year with an injury. He was looking like he was going to be special. Their third of three first-round picks in 2019. Montez Sweat. The Washington pass rusher now that Chase Young is there to compliment him. Quinnen Williams, too, the Jets defensive lineman. Hey, get out. What, who, what is this? <laughs> Edith Florio, left fielder. I don't care about I – can, I can find plenty of things that say center field as well. So what is this? This is unfair. I, I throw the challenge flag. We got you more PFT picks, Live coming at you right after this. You. That's what we do. Literally. Literally. <laughs> Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, I'm going to let the Twitter people resolve it. Uh, does Kyler Murray play center field or left field? I just posted the poll. While that poll is calculating, watch Royal Ascot today from 8.30 a.m. Eastern to noon on NBCSN. It's every day this week, Saturday, 
9 to noon on NBC. The 152nd Belmont Stakes coming up Saturday at 2.45 p.m. Eastern on NBC. S or no NBC, not NBCSN, but you can watch NBCSN if you choose to do so. What you horse you like in the Belmont night. this week? Who are you excited for? <laughs> Max Player. Max Player, because oh, you look like that's Max my Headroom. Horse. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Because you look like Max Headroom. Uh, thank you it, very it, much. Look, it's great to see sports coming back. At the same time, we are continuing to look for any evidence to make us feel confident that when it's time to put all those players into the Petri dish that is the locker room, football is going to work. I hope and I pray that they get it worked out. In the interim, we've got horse racing right after this. We've got Premier League later today. Enjoy the offerings of NBCSN. Chris, great stuff as always. And we're going to do a little PFTOT coming up. Check us out on digital. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you back on Thursday. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.